straight up the price of admission growth stories life lessons turning points service to others truth no bullshit adding value no smoke and mirrors being the pressure third down and ten fighting below the surface win or learn always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder these are the things that i think about when i talk to this group they're still kindling that fire taken to the fleet and beyond living the values today through faith with the family and at the job obsessed with ownership and accountability winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity pedal to the metal paying the price of admission let's go there he is tony what's up buddy what's going on inside that room that the uh, the ceiling is like like what you'll see inside of a hotel is that your house <laughs> it's my it's my house my basement your basement it looks it looks fancier than it is it's plastic ceiling plastic you sure I'll show you here <laughs> <laughs> looks good man thanks man Awesome. How you doing, man? You look good. It's good seeing you. It's great seeing you. I know it's been a while. Um, I was just, uh, I was talking to, texting Nishak right before this, and he's like trying to like pile on the things like I need to talk about. Uh, last minute, I'm like, dude, I gotta, I gotta go. I'm about to talk to Craig, so. That's awesome, man. Um, <clears throat> so Craig Schaefer. That's me. The guy that wasn't in the picture that I keep on talking about. Yeah. Because he was a part of the, you know, the backer core, um, huge part of that from Fairfax, Virginia. You know, Craig. Craig was my lifting partner. Yeah. Like so, in the uh, you remember that? Yeah. We, we have similar body styles. You're a little taller than me, but you know, we didn't have like big chests like Ross <laughs> no. and Irv. So bench wasn't our like biggest thing, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Either way, Craig still, uh, you know, had me on on bench press, but uh, we were we were similar body types. Um, uh, another piece of the intro with with Craig is uh, summers and getting away from the academy in groups with the Schaefers. Mm. Lots of good memories there. Yeah, the, it's fun. Uh, it's funny when you like. Hearing all these podcasts, it makes you like reflect, and and uh, it's been cool just hearing you speak and go through with all the guys, seeing where they're at. And uh, man, it's it's weird when you, you you start thinking about your story, right, and and start reflecting on it. You know, a large portion. It'd be tough to go through this one without talking about my family involved with maybe football. I think many families were involved, but yeah. just being so close to the academy, uh, the Campbells, and and, and all my parents, my parents like. That was like a dream. They love doing that stuff, you know. So yeah, uh, I'm glad glad they were able to be a part of the story. Uh, Absolutely, big time. They were a big part of it. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's not just the Schaefers. It was the Schaefers and the Campbells. They were always together, like at the tailgates, yes. at the summer parties. Like y'all's uh, y'all's folks were uh, very close. It, it seemed like, and we got to reap the benefits of that because it just brought us closer together um <clears throat> another piece of craig was um he was a uh, the guy that you want to watch on a kickoff because <laughs> uh <laughs> he was either gonna knock himself out or he's gonna knock someone else out how many concussions did you have 
<laughs> documented concussions. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, uh, you only get documented when you, you can't get back up and you're, you're knocked out on the ground. They seem to notice that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> two, uh, two concussions. Two documented concussions. How many were undocumented, do you think? Well, if you can't I think mean, about it, it's then... It's always tough, you know. You can see, like, <laughs> you know, and as they talk about, like, player safety and all this stuff, uh, it's probably, yeah, it probably wasn't wise as much as many of the things that I did. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it was... There's probably a couple of times that <laughs> wasn't totally with it when I got to the sideline, you know, but... Well, I'll, st I'll stick with the two number. It sounds better. Well, if the uh, the documented ones make the books, then um, the trainer, um, D, she took your uh, helmet one time. <laughs> and uh, the next day on film, you were starting fights, dude. Like, hey, where's my helmet? Like, I want, I need to get back in there. Oh, man. it's it's. Uh, she had a picture of me yelling at her as the background <laughs> of her computer. I visited like five years later, and it's still the background of her computer. Nice. <laughs> the uh, I was I was thinking, it's man. I'm glad that uh, I got to play a little bit towards the end of my career there, because if I didn't, I would just been the kid. I just been known as the kid that got knocked out in Navy football, like in pretty heroic form, and then yelled at D. But the worst part about that whole story, maybe we, you know, price of admission. I'll we'll talk about this, but the worst part about that whole story is, you know, yeah, I went to the sideline. I, I you know, I guess took away my helmet and just absolutely, you know, yelling at D doing that whole thing. Uh, my mom's in the crowd. It's all quiet. So, you know, throwing F bombs, you know, <laughs> yeah. Hey, your Talk mom's her. not quiet by the way. So. She's not quiet. That Which is awesome. Right. <laughs> she's a good mom. I mean, uh, yeah, she's a great, uh, but I don't remember any of it. I, I totally blacked out the entire time. I don't remember any of that. So when everyone's, you know, everyone has some kind of conversation or memory of it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> price of admission, man. I wanted to, knocked out, I wanted to go back in and pay more uh, after getting knocked out. So. Well, here's the fun part about Craig Schaefer. Craig Schaefer, while he either gets knocked out or knocks someone else out, Craig Schaefer was probably um, in the top 2% of smartest guys on the team. What was your final GPA? You remember? It was a 4.0, I'm guessing. Close? I think I had like a 3.5. 3.5? five. but you had a crazy hard um, major. What was your major? Yeah, so I was um, – it was actually one of the better majors at the academy. Um, it was a general engineering major. So Ross, Ross by far is the, the smarter one, right? He had a – he was the ocean engineering. General engineering was the one like – you kind of are an engineer, but you got to have a little bit more flexibility. Milky was a general engineer too, um, but yeah, engineering. Engineering, uh, three point five. That's that's pretty smart, dude. So, um, point here is Craig, lots of concussions, knock people out, and still three point five in an engineering major. So, that's that's the key takeaway here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can still be you can still be successful after getting knocked out all the time. True. Um, so in high school, you were a uh, lacrosse player. Um, how was that? Because I didn't experience lacrosse. I'm, I'm from Texas. We don't really play lacrosse in Texas. I, I think they do now. But um, I also, lacrosse in, at Navy was a fun sport to watch for me. So how, how was lacrosse for you? 
Yeah, I, uh, I can't click. I mean, I played lacrosse, but I, I would never claim to be a lacrosse player. Um, so it was actually my senior year, and it was one of those things as to I uh, – similarly, you know, lacrosse was pretty big in the area. Our, our school was pretty good at sports and specifically at lacrosse, and so um, I just wanted to play. I, I thought it would be fun to figure out, like, what that sport was, how it was. I love playing a lot. I mean, growing up, we played a lot of sports. So my senior year um, – I uh, was, you know, I was part of the team, and it, again, like I was saying before, like I played lacrosse, but I didn't play lacrosse. I wasn't technically very good with the stick or anything of that sort. But so, so were you like a, a B team guy, or like you just got thrown in like every now and then? Like when you say I played lacrosse, but I didn't really play lacrosse. What does that mean? Uh, I was just saying like I didn't, I didn't play like extensively. You know, if you asked me to go get a stick and you know throw on the ball, you kind of laugh at me a little bit. But um, okay, you know, I. I I got decent playing time, you know, just like football, right? If you're aggressive and you're pretty fast and, you know, a bigger guy and same thing, you can get, go get ground balls. Um, so I play defense. Um, defense. Imagine that. Yeah. And then, um, well, I, that's a, we'll get into the story. I didn't play defense in, in high school. Um, Wait, what? Football. Like football? What'd you play? Yeah, I didn't. Okay. So we're going to jump straight to that right now. What did you play? <laughs> In high school, football-wise. Yeah, so I played tight end. Tight um, end, okay. Yeah, so I played a little bit of um, defense, like my freshman year. And then um, going into my sophomore year, I, I remember the con- I remember this conversation very vividly. I remember telling my coach, he's, you know, I was generally going both ways. And uh, yeah. my coach came over and he said, hey, I need you to start playing tight end. I was like, okay, as long as, you get, as long as I can still play defense, that's number one. I'll, that's fine. I'll, I'll play. So you went I'll both ways. You did some tight end. What was your defensive position there? Yeah, so I played uh, outside linebacker. Okay, uh, outside. But, gotcha. But it's you know freshman, freshman, you know high school ball. I mean it was it was good. It was good competition. But so you grew I, up on the defensive side of the ball. You played some outside off, linebacker. No, I grew up on the offensive side of the ball. You I was grew up almost, on the offense. Okay. You know, three years exclusively played tight end. I never got to go back to defense. So freshman, sophomore, junior season, 100% offense, tight end. Yeah, so uh, freshman year, I was kind of like, you know, I played defense outside linebacker, and then on the offense, I played fullback, mostly kind of like a full-pack position as a wing T offense. And then uh, sophomore through senior year, I was just a tight end. Gotcha. All right. I got it now. Yeah. Seems like uh, offense is where you were, uh, you were planted. So, yeah, I think you know it's weird. I think back to it because I love defense. It was just one of those, it was one of those stories as to like didn't really. You didn't, I backed up a guy my sophomore year, John Kinzer, really good, uh, really good tight end. Went to play on play for Virginia Tech. I bet you if he didn't mess up his neck, he probably would have gone pro. That guy was really good. And so, but then after me. You know, there, I didn't really have a backup. Um, so, actually, my senior year, I broke my leg. Uh, so, I didn't play Which a part? lot of my senior Yeah, I didn't play a lot of my senior year. And so, then... Uh, Which part of your th- leg did you break? My tibia. Tibia. So, it's like the lower, below your knee? Yeah, yeah. Someone got... Someone was making a tackle, got swung around, hit my leg, and took it out. But at least, at least it wasn't between your leg and your hip. So. Yeah, yeah. Could have been it, worse. Yeah, I mean, 
it wasn't actually too bad. I mean, I was able to have it go. So it was like the third or fourth game. I uh, had to take six weeks off, and then uh, I was able to come back for the playoffs with a heavily bandaged ankle. Gotcha. So primarily an offensive player. Yep. Um, tight end. I played tight end too in high school, so I can relate there. Um, but you end up, you know, a linebacker in college. Um, yeah. Th that's throwing some knockouts to either yourself or the other guy. So <laughs> um, <clears throat> I want to keep moving. Your lax, um, you know, journey is is there. Sounds like it was like experimental. Um, yeah, actually, uh, it's just fun for the stories. Uh, one of the, I don't want to say viral, but popular uh, lacrosse video is uh, – I'd have to shout it out because Kevin would, Kevin would probably shout it out here. But I, uh, again, I was I was kind of like a role player I'd come in every once in a while. But there was one time during that senior year where, uh, let's see, one of the attack men uh, started fighting with a goalie. There was a, a fight over there. If I came off the sidelines to get into the fight. <laughs> Clint, then, Clint will appreciate that. So. <laughs> well, I only... I think back to, I mean, if that happened now, I mean, I don't even think I would be, you know, scholarships would be gone. It'd be all everywhere, right? All that stuff. But I got suspended for I got suspended for three games going into this, punching this kid. Hungry for blood. Gloves, with, my, with my gloves on. <laughs> that's a good story, man. Like, that's a great story. It's a it's a pretty funny, you can dig up the video every once in a while. It's pretty funny. Well, you have to I didn't know, uh, and, and my mom wasn't there. Oh, that's too. I, I kept away from my mom, and so she wasn't there. And then uh, my dad as well. So, <laughs> so, I'm not gonna tell him. And so then, yeah, uh, my well, it's my younger brother. He's over there on YouTube one time. He goes, "Hey, dad, check this out. It's so cool." <laughs> yeah. And so then my dad saw it. He goes, "Craig, what the? You know?" And, I, and you just told me this little scuffle. And I was like, yeah, it was just a little scuffle. <laughs> just a little scuffle. We're just finding that release, baby. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, Lax was good. Uh, yeah. A good good outlet, as is football. Um, so, have you, you, heard, uh, you listened to the Mike Matthews podcast we had? I haven't listened to that one yet. Is that one oh, you need to. Or oh, sorry, not. Yes, sorry, it's coming out soon. My bad. Well, he's going to talk. Know. He's going to talk about uh, Craig Schaefer and uh -oh. tackling drills. Okay, so I'm giving you a sneak peek. Uh -oh. And um, in in tackling drills, Craig Schaefer goes hard all the time. Okay. On the, <laughs> on the angle track on the angle tackle drill. Yeah. And then here comes open field tackle with Mike Matthews. <laughs> and Mike is good at open field. Is, Mike is the most shifty person I think I know. <laughs> so how did open field tackle go with Mike? I don't know if I remember the specific situation, but without question, I probably ate it. I probably <laughs> 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 yeah. So, so the whole deal was, um, you know, the coach Jones coaching you through the angle tackle, um, Craig, you know, fits up good. He's a hard hitter, yada, yada, yada. Well, here comes op open field tackle drill where Mike gets to 
you know, do his left and right uh, real quick, and yeah. he, he gets it back on Craig. So, because uh, Craig's so, you know, downhill, hard nose, ear hole tackle, and then and then Mike gets to to come back and do a little left and right, which is is, is super hard as a linebacker. You're like open field tackles are the hardest thing to do, right? Because yeah, you just want to go real hard, knock it out. Yeah, yeah. I always remember that that drill too, because the it wasn't close. It was like. I, don't know, I might be making this up, but it's like 20 yards away, right? So yes. Just, so it's like that's not uh, that's not how this works, okay? Like as a linebacker, you just go, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, it's it's funny too. You're like talking through it. it. You know, I think it's part of my story as well as like learning learning how to actually uh, not hit hard, right? Like having to like pull back a little bit to be more yes. dynamic, and, and and you don't need to hit everyone to be a good football player, right? You have to be very, like, fluid, speed kills 100%. Um, and so a portion of, like, what I had to do to finally get myself on the field was to really kind of pull back on that kind of just ear hole kind of behavior. Um, and uh, it's funny. I'm glad uh, I'm glad Mike had a story about that one because, <laughs> I, you know, I was – That was uh, another last-minute, like, injection um, to our conversation today. But <laughs> – it's funny Mike how that works. Been, like, uh, Mike yeah. might have been – never would be known as a speed demon, man, but he had he had some shiftiness about Goodness him. Goodness gracious, like, absolutely. I'm not going to tackle that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that one will come out in a couple of days. It's going to be good too. So, awesome. uh, Clinton Ross. So I had to run some stuff, you know, past Clinton Ross on, hey, talking to Craig in a couple of days, what do you guys think? And, and it's – like the same type of theme of we've already gotten into today. Um, but the biggest part of it is complete selflessness and ultimate, <clears throat> ultimate humility. Um, you know, when, when Clint moved to the outside backer position, there was no animosity whatsoever. Right. And Ram even talked about it in, in that last uh, talk. And um, it's funny how we shuffled the deck and, and people and, um, but the mentality, um, the acceptance, the uh, humility, and the, like the ferocity against each other and what we were doing, and none of that changed really. While people moved, um, the in-state goal remained the same, and uh, I think that was really awesome. It was really cool. To, yeah, I think. Uh, I think. I think Ross talked about it with the inside backers. You guys had like you guys had it, you guys had a beautiful relationship, but I think it was all we didn't. We fun. didn't. It wasn't beautiful, but well, it beautiful was... in like your the, the actual relationship, right? The way in which you treated each other was like one because you guys had it tough. I mean, it was one of those things like you messed up one play, you know. Was that because of Danielle or <laughs> it was? It was, it was just like. Singular, like there's no forgiveness. It's like you know, oh, you're out, right? And someone else, you know, well, oh, you're out. Someone we're else. out. So I learned something today. I'll, I'll try and get better. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I think that you know, hearing hearing Ross talk through that was I, I you know, it might have been something that probably one of the better parts of playing and, and learning. You know, because you have to. I, I won't get over the fact that I was like perfectly selfless, right? Um, and kind of in my journey, 
I mean, it was it was a little bit tough because uh, you know both years my I, you know, I I think at the end of the day you know reflecting on your time I I kind of underperformed the coach's expectations. There's just you know you kind of go through the natural progression, and then my junior year is like okay we we have a guy or, or this guy could potentially be a starter, um, and uh, if I'm being really honest with myself I I mean I didn't really earn it until my se- end of my senior year and it took a long time of that journey and we can get into like some of the nuances of it but. Both my junior and my senior year, a fifth-year senior came in to take my spot. And Corey Johnson, and probably one of the best athletes uh, to join the team, talk about playing multiple sports. That guy was incredible. Uh, and then my senior, Clint, did. It was like, oh, man. What the heck? Come on. <laughs> That's tough. But, um, yeah, but, the, it, you know, while there is, like, that feeling of, like, oh, gosh, you know, I got to do it again. Um, yeah, no animosity for sure. You, 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 you root for that guy. You're so excited when they do well, even though you're still trying to get that spot, too. And that's that's a valuable lesson that is really tough to teach. But how, how, do, you, how do you compete but still love the person in front of you, still excited for their success? Sure. Um, yeah. um, here, here's something that Craig Schaefer did better than – Corey Johnson, um, Clint Sovey, um, even Ram is you put your hand down and you yeah. were like, you were very, I mean, I'm trying to re-envision the Tyler Tidwell days, mm-hmm. but Craig Schaefer was, was Tidwell, like the guy that could do that, like put his hand down. Like if I try to do that for me, you and, and you and I are similar body styles. And I think if I had to play some outside backer, put my hand down, come off the edge, play parallel, uh, draw out with containment and all that kind of stuff, I'm thinking there's no way I could do that. You know, like your your lower body, um, you know, position, posture, and fight has to be huge with our size, you know? Like, yeah, actually yeah. play that outside backer, put your hand down on the 4-3 versus the 3-3 three, three, or the 3-4. Like, you did that really well. I ah, appreciate it. It's kind of you say. I mean, for like, even you talk about, like, that's where I was the most comfortable. Um, and it's a position that, you know, maybe it was like playing tight end, right? You, you got your hand in the dirt. Um, same kind of thing. Get off, you know, the, the first three steps. Yeah. Like, I, I could do that well. Well, you but, you did yeah. that really well on kickoffs with knocking people out. So like, your <laughs> your get off your your explosion, your explosion factor was huge. I was uh, I'll finish the thought on that. I gotta I gotta talk to you about that explosion thing because um, let's see here. One of the things about that. So I played the Raider position. So the um, Rams striker right. So that's the more open field, uh, more DB like. In the Raider position, especially when Tidwell was there, uh, it, more tr- it was a more traditionally, you know, get your hand in the dirt, play that position you're describing. But I think, uh, well, I don't think, as offenses evolved, and even in our time it evolved pretty rapidly, much more towards a passing offense, um, that position really needed to be, you needed to be much more dynamic in the pass game. Um, and that's, you know, we just talked, we just joked about open field tackling. Right? That, that's really where I had a pretty big gap and it was really challenging for me to make that transition yeah. so not only you know putting my hand in the dirt but also having to, to do the you know do uh pass coverage as well and so that was a that was a tricky one to have to learn and you know held me back a little bit as i as i figured that out 
Well, I'm glad I get I didn't get put in the uh, outside backer position because I was. You have to. Uh, in the, uh, you said I had a little bit of a hit stick. I don't think any. There was like I was thinking about it the other day. <clears throat> I don't think anyone hit harder. There's like very few people that are in this like violence. Like when you watch them, you're like, oh, that that guy's a scary person. I don't think anyone hit harder. It's maybe you uh, or Kevin Campbell. Kevin Campbell is like, a good one. Yep. Very special hit stick <laughs> that was like so violent. It was like holy cow! And I always remember trying to like replicate that, but could never do it. Not in that that fashion. Yeah. Did you do you ever like think about that? Is that something that like that hit stick? Is that something well, that? The only thing I can think about that? is uh, is Kevin Campbell at the fullback position, and and that's the only time I would uh, like trip before a hit <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, last. Uh, Last intro question. Um, did you play a whole season with a torn labrum? Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, did. How'd that how'd you, how'd you find that? How do you know that? Nisha. Ah, okay. Yeah, the... Um, man. You know, uh, Clint was talking about how uh, he got his, his ribs messed up in that pit game. Yeah. Pit is the most violent... Meanest That's team. what I said. Yeah, without they, question, they were hard nosed dudes. Without question. So yeah. the uh, Pennsylvania, got, something about Pennsylvania. You know, there's something to it. Steel I, City. I, one of the games I got uh, knocked out in was a, was a game against Pitt, and then uh, my labrum. So Clint said he got his his uh, his abs messed up. My labrum. I remember the play so vividly. It's like uncomfortable. Uh, it was one of those. Uh, it was one of those plays where they left the. Uh, I had my hand in the dirt, so it let me free, and then the uh, the fullback was going to come down, and so it was one of those you had to uh, come underneath them and, and blow up the play so you can spill spill, spill it over out, top. Outside. For yeah, yeah, that's right. And then uh, the guy was I, he might have been a bowling ball, man. Just like I was like, oh no, like this is going to hurt, and. Uh, so, you know, you do what you do, right? You just throw your body into it, and immediately it's like, boop. I was like, oh, mm. something's wrong. And, uh, yeah, you know, that was that. Was that when did you find court. out that that was – something was wrong? Since the injury, like like when you felt it until when you actually figured it out? Um, I think it was uh, – I never – I mean, so, I, you know, I, there's something wrong with it. I knew that. And so did the, the classic, like, close the blinds, quarter zone shots, that kind of tore it all, that stuff. Um, but it wasn't until, um, you know, and I thought it'd be one, you know, they'd always kind of tell you ice down, you know, and, and I thought it would kind of get better after the season. Uh, but then there's uh, specifically, like, certain angles, like, my arm would just, like, go numb. It just hurts so bad. And so then, I, you know, I finally – Said so, okay, I got to figure something out, and so I went to the doctors, and they did the MRI and got it all. You know, yeah, you well, got when did you away. figure that out, though? Um, I mean, it was, it was probably like I don't know, a little while after. Um, a little while, probably okay. in the spring is when I got the surgery. So okay, probably sometime so really after the season. Yeah, 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 after the season. I mean, I knew something was wrong, and that you had like some, you have some like hope in your. You know, it's just some hope, like, oh, it'll heal. You know, it'll be all right. Just put that yeah. needle in yeah, there just, and that's I'll right. ice and stem it. And... Just t- yeah, ice and stem, just tough it out. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, eventually it's just like this, there's something wrong. You got to take care. Gotcha. All right. Uh, last intro question for me is, uh, are you feeling lucky? 
This is new, dude. This is this is a new one. Is this is the? Uh, I didn't know if this is something. I, another thing I forgot at some point. No, no, no. This is like me and you talking. Are you feeling? Are you feeling lucky? Uh, yeah, man. I've I've got a lot of like, you know, life's really good, you know, and um, you know uh, where I'm at, and you know, I've, I've three kids. Everyone's been talking about their families. They got three kids, awesome wife live in a nice neighborhood all, all the above like you know so very, very lucky if, if you're describing like how i'm feeling and like where i'm at yeah I'm, perfect I'm, I'm in a good spot perfect all right tell your story is that what you was that what you were looking for um i think you answered the question really well so go ahead tell us your story dude yeah man um let's see here i um I grew up in a military family. My dad was in the Air Force, eventually retired from the Air Force. Um, so I moved around a good bit when I was younger. And then uh, I did most of my growing up in uh, Northern Virginia in the Fairfax area. Um, and then uh, went to went to high school at uh, Robinson High School, Robinson Secondary School. Pretty, pretty good football school um, in general. And then, um, you know, before getting into, like, that portion of it, you know, in football, something that I was always really passionate about was, you know, I wanted to be a pilot. Like, I was so excited to be a pilot. That's what your dad did, uh, right? No, so he wasn't a pilot. Um, he was in acquisition, but uh, he did, you know, just classic gear, Air Force, that kind of thing. So we, we would go to those air shows, and gotcha. uh, I knew from a very young age, like, I was going to be a pilot. I was, like, so excited to be a pilot. And so... Um, yeah, so anyways, going to uh, going to high school, I, you know, I talked a little bit about, you know, playing tight end. Um, we had a we had a really good coach, Mark Bendorf, and, um, you know, it was, I was, you know, it was crazy listening to Ross's conversation about how much he lost and, and um, the idea of overcoming that. And you would never have known, you know, him at the academy because, you know, that guy was just a winner all day. But either way, um, you know, that school was like pretty successful. Um, and in that, you know, we never lost a uh, game during my regular season when I was there. Uh, my freshman year, we won the state championship. My senior year, we went to the state championship until, uh, and we lost to, uh, was that because of, Harvin. was it because of Kevin Campbell? In what way? Did, did he lose the game for you guys? <laughs> no, nah, man. Percy oh. Harvin. Percy oh. Harvin helped to lose the game for us, man. That guy had 500 total yards on us. He played every position. Gotcha. <laughs> tough, no, tough uh, opponent. Gotcha. Yeah, I had tough, had opponent. One in tough there individual, for, man. For I've never Cameron. seen one player own a game like that. But, uh, yeah. no, Kevin, um, I'll shout out to Kevin, man. Kevin was, uh, I'll say, especially you know, as in high school, that guy was a legit, probably one of the better players on the team, one of the best. And uh, he was he was very good. Uh, he probably, you know, mono and mono. That guy was a better high school player for sure. Um, he, he was pretty impressive. See him in his prime. Probably got a good highlight video out there. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, football, I mean, at least playing football in college, you know, I loved playing and I was all about it. But I, I had no visions of, like, playing in, in college. Um, and it wasn't because, like, I didn't want to. It was just, like, no one in my family ever did that. That wasn't, like, a thing to do. 
And so it wasn't until like, I think it was my, after my sophomore year, my coach came by and like, Hey, you know, whatever shape you like, you like playing football, you know, would you, would you like to play in college? Like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, you know, that kind of, that gets you into the, uh, the mode of like, you know, trying to recruit, you know, you put, played a decent junior year, put together the VHS tape, you know, where you had to put together oh, your, yeah. your highlight tape. And then, uh, and yeah, from there, I mean, he knew, so there's kind of two things. Uh, you'll probably laugh because, you know, this pilot thing led me into, I want to go to the Air Force Academy, right? You become a pilot, you got to go to the Air Force Academy. You, you went, though. I, I visited. Were, yeah, so, I'll, I'll get, yeah. Go ahead. I'll, I'll get to that. Okay, um, good. Don't, yeah, don't I, skip over that. I want to hear more about that. So just get there right, when yeah, you get there. I, I can do that. The um, Yeah, anyways, you know, so we started the story. So, you know, my recruiting story mostly is, um, let's see here, the the academies and uh, kind of the Ivy League schools. That was that's kind of who recruited me if, if I well, have like the my first, own. You're the first Ivy League story so far. So I want to hear a little bit more about the Ivy League recruiting. Going to going up to Harvard, Harvard. Yeah. Um, 3.5. Yeah, <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. I'll, uh, I, so I, you know, when I went to, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll shout out actually army West point was the one who kind of got it started for me. I, and, uh, you know, as much as like rivals, all that kind of stuff, I, I, and I appreciate the heck out of them because they were the ones, you know, all the academies are kind of the same. You get it, you know, one starts recruiting and then they all kind of want to recruit you. And they're the one that kind of started the, the game for me, which is nice because I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. And so um, that happened. Uh, and then my dad actually called the Air Force Academy and said, hey, Army's recruiting my son. I think you should take a look. And nice. so then, uh, yeah, and so it worked, right? And the guy was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, send me tape, you know, and, and then we, we got that story started. started. So Navy wasn't even in the picture for a really long time. Um, and it wasn't even until my senior year, it, you know, all the above. And so um, anyways, I um, went on those recruiting trips, as, as you do. And uh, I think I went to West Point for uh, West Point. Love the death, man. Jeez, Tell me about man. that recruiting trip. I want to hear about it. Well, it was rough, man. So um, I, I forgot the coach at the time. Uh, but you know, we got there and then they were like, okay, you know, you always have some kind of activity or something to do. So we got on to do the activity. We were, on, we were on the, uh, the, first of all, you stay in the barracks and the barracks there, at least at the time were like, Oh man, it's like, oh, good, good it's recruiting like, strategy army. Right. Yeah. hundred. Well, you, you think about it, man. It's like army, like army barracks, right? Like, you know, wire beds and bunk beds. <laughs> You're like, oh, God. Yeah, I'm this glad, place is a little rough. I'm glad Navy didn't uh, do that to me when I went on my, my trip. Cause... Well, how did, how did it go? Maybe we didn't – I think we stayed – maybe I made that up. We stayed at Air Force. But there we um, – you stayed at the little hotel that they had there. But we went to go visit uh, the dorms, and, and you saw that. Gotcha. Um, so that, that, that makes a little more sense. I think I, I'll, I'll get to it. Anyways, we um, – so we get on the bus to go to Dave and Buster's at like the nearest mall. And it's like 45 minutes away. Like it's really far away. And like yeah. they added, like the cheerleaders came on, but it was like, you know, you know, West Point cheerleaders. It was just a weird situation. <laughs> They're like, let's sit next to you. You're like, okay. So we went to the Dave and Buster's. It was fun. But again, it's like 45 minutes away. Like, gosh, man, this is, this is as close as like the thing to do. Um, so we came back and then, uh, then there was a blizzard. 
Um, and so it was a blizzard. It was actually that was actually nice in a weird way. They uh, we were playing we played football. So I was like a little recruiting guy. Played football with some of the the team there. It was like twenty guys out there. And uh, it was the first time like I was playing with other D1 players, at least in maybe you know academy service players. And I, I could hang with them. I was doing okay. I was like, oh man, I, I think I could actually play. I think I could do okay here. But uh, with that said, there's a blizzard, you know, rough gray area. And then uh, my dad, you know, my dad and I, we like drove home afterwards. And I was like, I don't know about that place. Yeah, it was kind of like crickets and quiet. And... Yeah, hmm. yeah, beautiful. But yeah, I don't. Sounds like know, a great deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, uh, yeah. So then. <clears throat> I think uh, after that, I went up to uh, I went up to Harvard, Harvard. Yeah, and, well, uh, you, you're probably the first out of the entire group that I've talked to so far that visited Harvard. Well, so no, we all want to hear about that. So yeah, go. I'll tell you all about Harvard. Well, uh, Fitzpatrick actually completed his. Uh, it was like a ten and zero season, like the the year before. So they were yep. really proud of their football team and everything going. Um. You know, it, it, it's cool, man. It's, it's, it's Harvard, right? You, you got to go visit Harvard. You got to yeah. do that thing. Um, but, uh, man, I, I did not fit in. And it was kind of one of those odd Why things. Why not? Like everyone, what, what made you feel like that? Um, it was one of those things like you, uh, everyone not only are like, you know, the smartness thing, you know, but it, like everyone has like a little thing they did, a little niche or whatever. So uh, the guy who showed me around, uh, nice guy, um, but, you know, he would introduce me to someone and he'd be like, oh, this is whatever, Molly down the hall. She discovered a new species, you know, and they're like, this is Bob. He's a, a concert celloist, you know. And, uh, everyone had like a thing. And my like thing would have been like, oh, I played football, you know. Yeah, I, I knocked myself out uh, last week running down the field. And right, right. So yeah, I'm yeah, getting yeah. smarter doing that. So What was what another? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know. Not not to get it, but you know they you know they take you to like a party and and uh, there's you know, people you know a lot of extracurriculars that I was like I don't I don't know if this is me gotcha. uh, and so yeah anyways that, that that was Harvard just didn't didn't necessarily fit in cool cool place though um, they also don't they also get don't give scholarships oh so that, uh, that's a problem yeah so it was a little bit problem I, it's funny I actually I was digging through some old junk drawer the other day cleaning some stuff out and uh i remember thinking at the time i was like oh man i don't want to put this burden on my my parents and i don't know if i love this school but um you know through all the financial aid thing we did or whatever they were able to get me they were able to get the uh the price to go to harvard down to twelve thousand a year twelve thousand oh, a year and i remember <laughs> i remember thinking like that's pretty oh, that's good that's way too much money. I mean, but like, <laughs> still, it's pretty good versus free. Okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I just didn't fit in. I mean, I wouldn't. It, wouldn't it didn't make sense. So you uh, did the Air Force thing. You did the Harvard thing, and, and um, the Army thing. Yeah, you know. So I went out to. Uh, I remember going out to Air Force, and. Um, you know, I actually grew up in Colorado Springs there for a bit. I was so excited. You know, it was cool. Um, but um, how, how did the Air Force go? It, it was cool. They have, they have really good facility. Everything's really nice. A um, couple of things. One, it was the middle of the winter, and it was freezing. The wind was blowing, and, you know, it, there's nothing there. You know, it's the same kind of story as West Point where it's like nothing there. 
they take us on the recruiting visit. They go to like, they go to check out. Um, I think we watched a movie. You know, went out to the movie theater. It took us like 30 minutes, 40 minutes to get there. The guy was talking about how they don't wear their uniforms out because the town doesn't really like them that much. Um, they call it where Springs doesn't necessarily embrace the academy. And then um, the other thing that really turned me, there's two other things. But one thing that turned me off was um, uh, they recruited, and I think Navy started getting into this. Hopefully they kind of turned off. But they started, they did like mass recruiting, right? There's like there were 70 guys, 50, 70 guys, that kind of thing. And uh, I remember t- talking to one of the players. I was like, hey, how do you, like, stand out when they recruit this many players? And exactly. Kinda, yeah, Sorry. so he, he kind of gave me, like, all oh, the cream of the crop rises to the top, that kind of thing. And I was like, I don't know. It didn't – it just didn't – Cast a wide net and hopefully a few – we get a few of them type of Exactly. Deal. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that didn't uh, – that didn't that didn't really – that didn't really fit well with me either. And the, the other one was just the uh, the prep school. So they had a prep school, and I'm going to be another oddball in, in this regard. I wanted to go to the prep school. Um, so I graduated high school when I was 17 and I was, uh, I was like young, like I knew I was young, like, you know, and everything that everyone else is, everyone, you know, everyone drove before me, everyone did everything before me. And and I knew I was pretty young. So, you know, I thought it was my opportunity to get a little bit bigger, you know, mature a little bit more. And so, uh, I was all about it. And I remember asking them like, yeah, yeah, prep school, you know, something I'm in. And they they were immediately like, nah, you you know, you can't, you, you got defined grades, you know, you can't do that. I was like, man, that's, that kind of stinks, you know. So we're going to optimize your path by taking advantage of how smart you are and get you going. That's how that works. It, it just was. Um, it was just one of those like they didn't really like. There's man, there's like these kind of fumbles kind of kept on happening, right? Like yeah. they really didn't make an effort. Another one was um, I think it was was it who's who's coaching? It was it Fishy DeBerry? Is that right? Uh, at Air Force at the time sounds about right. Yep, I think so. But anyways, th- so. You know how coaches will call you and be like, hey, yeah, what, you yeah. Know. How well, I, I was, as I was alluding to earlier, I broke my leg my senior year, mm. and so you know he he gave me a call, and uh, you know, hey, how's the season going? You know, that kind of thing. And then um, yeah, I was telling him, oh, I broke my leg, and, and then he got all quiet. He's like, oh, hey, don't oh, worry about right. it. Um, we still got a spot for you. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was it was all that sort. Like it was kind of like, oh well. I'm well, just let me know how it goes. We gotta talk about it, right? You know. Hey, Craig, I'm running a business here. Are you helping my business or not? Well, and so, and we'll get to the Navy story, but so, so um, Kevin Kelly, who didn't, we weren't able to actually get coached by him. Yeah. Excellent recruiter. This guy was was good. Yeah. But, um, you know, he called, and I said, gave him the same story. And I'm kind of thinking like similar things probably gonna happen, and his answer was totally different. His answer was like. Oh man, you know we can get you up here, see our, up. You know, our training staff, and yeah. that, I think back to like it probably wouldn't or couldn't happen, but like that was his reaction, right? And I was like, okay, like you know, until so all like all these kind of things started lining up, um, and uh, so like getting the Navy a little bit, they didn't they recruited me pretty late, um, you know, Army, all these other schools, kind of like in my junior year, Navy didn't come till later, and. Um, they had a really good season the time before with, with yep. Echol, um, and I think they're eight and three, eight and four, something like that. And I, I didn't really know too much about Navy, but I knew that they were getting better. And um, so when they came in, and they were going, giving their whole spiel and everything. It's like 100, percent I'm gonna consider it, right? You know, same, same kind of thing, right? Service Academy, and um, yeah, going on the uh, going on that recruiting trip, like sold it i mean it was just it was incredible because 
Here, a couple, a couple things. One was, uh, you know, it's in Annapolis. Love the town. It's, it's right next door to my where I live. Right, forty five minutes away. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, it's just a cool place, right? Just visually aesthetic, right? It's like nice, like it's really cool. You know, who did you? Who was your sponsor guy? Like when you recruited, uh, when you took that trip, who were you hanging out with? You remember? Man, I can't. I can't. Uh, I don't even remember. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. It's gonna. It's gonna kill me here. Yeah, Sometimes. not a big deal. I'm just um, trying to figure out like what sold you on that trip. Yeah, so I mean, uh, maybe you obviously had a better environment, like the, the whole downtown, <laughs> 45 minutes yeah, away, the house, all that stuff, right? You know, we, we had a good time on the trip. I'll say that. And so um, I was like, man, this is like, this is you know, and then. Not only just like the environment, but that that, that people thing, right? And the, the football players, right? You can't yeah. run into like a Bobby Mack or, or, or any of these cats without being like, holy cow, man, like this is different. And, and the way that they're playing. And so anyways, I remember meeting with PJ and, uh, you know, the, we were talking through it. I remember my dad actually asking him, hey, you ever going to leave? Like, when are you going to leave? You're getting pretty successful. And he's like, no, no, here, I'm here, you know here forever sure um but the the big one you know at the end of the day was uh, that prep school right and so uh same thing came up like hey uh, you know kind of young uh love love to go to that prep school is that is that available and it's kind of that that can-do attitude right PJ's like well I'll, I'll figure it out right and and for me like that was awesome because that that was kind of who he was as a coach you could just depend on him he's gonna figure it out right he's gonna help you out and, yeah. and I thought that was a really big deal I was pretty excited to go up to the prep school and go do that. And so, um, yeah, anyways, the cards all fell together. Oh, the last little cherry on top, man, this this Kevin Kelly, man, great recruiter. He goes, hey, Craig, I know you really want to fly. Turns out the Navy has more planes than the Air Force, and not everyone going to the you know Naval Academy wants to fly a plane. So you're definitely going to have a much better shot at flying. So I, did I, you pass the test? Yeah, yeah, I passed the test and everything. And so what did you do after that? It's submarines flying underwater. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother story, man. <laughs> we'll get there. Well, that's yeah, yeah. awesome. Uh, the nap story and everything. And Well, so, yeah, yeah. Going up to uh, to naps. How funny do you think it is? I think back in the day, I never told anyone I didn't play defense. So Yeah, well, like, like, that's where you ended up, like, immediately at naps. Yeah, so uh, just think about this, though, right? Bobby Mack, right, this, like, elite linebacker, you know, <laughs> ready to run through a wall. Ruthless, yeah. I never told anyone I did. You know, it wasn't like, I don't know, I didn't want to be like, well, I only played offense. I don't really know how to do this, right? Like, I'm going to figure it out. And so this guy's over here watching me play. I mean, I could only imagine this guy being like, what, what is this guy doing? Like, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't even know what's going on. Um but yeah, no, like that, you know, naps, you know, flew by, uh, but, you know, learning under like the tutelage, specifically Bobby Mack, uh, you know, shout out Bobby, you got to get that guy on. Uh, I know, I need to, I'm trying. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll bombard him, I'll get him on. But Good. anyways, um, you know, it was, it was a big deal, man. And, and the other part of like, you know, there was the maturing part, you know, the body, like getting bigger, you know, the body by brows, you could do nothing but get bigger. Uh, but that wasn't really the important part. It, it was, what was really important for me was 
the engagement with like the players and you know the Cameron Marshalls and these all these like very mature people. And for me, like oh oh geez, like I'm not you know, it's no longer high school. You know, you got you got to grow up. And so I, I, I attribute that year to like having to grow up and grow up quickly. Um, and, and that was the biggest portion of that maturing for me if, if I were to, to go through it. So that, that helped me in, in uh, going into the academy. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I just, the, you know, the amount of the, the people at NAPS, you know, obviously the uh, Bobby Mack. And then, um, you know, I think some of those bonds that were created there, I, I think I got to call out, right? You know, whether it was... I don't even want to go through all the people because there's so many great, great dudes, you, you know, we'll go through them all. But um, I think it's worthwhile to just to call out that sure. that was, that was kind of like the impetus or the setting the standard for what we wanted to be as a team. And yeah. while a lot of that team didn't, didn't make it, I mean, probably half of the team didn't continue on. Um, I think that was, at least for me, set the standard for what we were, were expecting when we got to the Naval Academy. So. so when you set the standard, when we set the standard, what did that standard look like? Like, how did that feel, you know, at the prep school? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because you know, we were playing other JUCOs. I think back to it's, you know, Naps, it's Naps, right? You think of Naps football. Yeah. So, like, when you think of Naps football, what what was setting the standard like? Like, if you want to be a part of this team, you have to do X, Y, and Z. What are those things? I was getting to the the point of, like, now let it reflect back and and think about Naps, right? It's like, it's not a very – it's serious football, but you're not – you're not going to the Super Bowl. You're not playing in front of, like, you know – It's based off of some basic principles. Yeah. What so, are those principles? But, but here's the thing, though, right? I wasn't doing those things, but I thought I was, right? I legit, like, you know, you thought you were playing for the Super Bowl. Um, and you were just so revved up. You were so, like, intensely into playing Navy football. And they were able to do that at a prep school. And, and you know, I, I think, you know, through coaching, through leadership, through the people that you interacted with, they were able to get a 17-year-old Craig Schaefer, like, just, like, totally in it, right? Like, what, food, just what, ready What, what to made go. you feel like that? Like, what made you feel like that at that moment at the prep school to make you feel like, this is something I want to keep on pursuing, you know? Um... Uh, Yeah, you know, I, it's tricky to put it into words, but maybe the it coaches. It's yeah, I mean, excellent coaches, right? Excellent players, the people you were playing with, but it was also a feeling of like a feeling that you knew something special was happening. Yeah, um, man, I I don't know why I, I can't put that into words, but you knew it was real, right? And and you were just you were ready for something good to happen. And that environment or that culture was created to where you believed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, it wasn't like a thought like, you know, like when you're playing like a bigger player. I think back to this sometimes. I'm like, man, how did I go and play whatever? Notre Dame, right? These, these guys were six foot four, 320, just monsters of people. 
but I never thought that way. Right. It was always like, Ooh, I can go up against that guy. And I was like, how, how did I get into that mindset? And, um, it's just cause it's this monstrous belief that they were able to create through that kind of what you're talking about, that culture, those people. Yeah. Um, and you know, that was something that was super special. Um, and, and, you know, thinking back on maps, that set that base, that, that thought process, like that was the expectation as to what you were going to do. Boom. And then we leave maps and we go to the academy and how does that turn out for Craig Schaefer? Once you get there, what do you remember about that experience? Yeah. I, and I'll stick mostly to the football. I mean, I think the school is, you know, is the school. It, it is what it is. But um, if you remember, I mean, I played inside backer at Naps. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, yeah, you, know, you and I were right next to each other the whole time. That's right. That's right. And then um, Aurora uh, was coaching, you know, the freshman. Uh, I remember... <clears throat> and then I remember Ross in there, and I was like, holy cow, man. <laughs> this is the real deal. This, this guy is good. Um, and I remember Aurora thinking, I, I, and I came out of plebe summer, I, uh, my particular company was big into the really getting after it. So I think I was like 199 pounds, 200 pounds. I had lost a lot of weight. Uh, and I was all gangly and weird. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was tough. It was tough sledding. And I, I, I thought Aurora thought I was like the worst player ever. Do you have a good <laughs> Danny O'Rourke story? I don't have any like good Danny O'Rourke stories. Maybe a Jones. Know. Coach Jones story? Any kind of coach story. I get, I get to a good Coach Coach Jones story. We can, we can talk to the to the story, or I'll just tell it now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the Coach Jones story? Uh, so, you know, we fast forward, you know, I played a lot of special teams. You know, we talk, joked about getting knocked out on, on kickoff. But I, I truly love kickoff. I thought it was so much fun. Yeah, I like watching it with, with you. the uh with that said so my senior year my senior year was really special but it wasn't special because i played but that that is very cool and i'll put it together but um i got into just a really good headspace um i was dating my wife at the time you know it was a kind of a new relationship but you know i knew like something special was happening there um you know you're about to graduate go do your thing and um you know, classes were a little bit easier, you know, I was, I was doing well. And, and I also got into this weird transition with playing football. Um, so that, again, that junior year, I was like, I, you know, I, if I played better, I, I probably could have started then. It, you know, didn't play well enough to, to do that. So then my senior year, I'm doing it. And then uh, I decided to change it. So I was always like, I was always thinking about, I wanted to start. I wanted to start, right? That was like my big thing about playing football. Sure. And so then, uh, so my senior year, I was like, okay, I, obviously you know who doesn't want to start right i want to, I want to do that and that was yeah it's there but it wasn't like a primary focus I, I changed it up a little bit i got into this like um a little bit of a different mindset looking a lot at some of the players but mostly with my my buddy across the way ram right so ram and you saw that in 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 listening to his interview and just like who he is as a part as a person like just always very good natured, had a good time, was like fun to be around, right? And he was that way at practice as well. I always used to take practice very seriously. You know, you might, you know, collisions and hitting hard and, and all the above. Yeah. Um, 
And I didn't tone down necessarily the physicality, but I like really enjoyed just the experience of it, right? And kind of had fun at practice. Um, I didn't know necessarily if I'd see the field again in terms of like starting. So I just got to enjoy the time, right? Uh, working with, with uh, Tony Grantham, learning a lot more. Grantham was a great coach. I think. Very good coaches. It's critical to – he was – I'll say I, I wouldn't have played if Tony Grantham didn't come back from, from the, yeah. the Campbell Camels as a coach to uh, to coach me. both. both he, was, uh, he, he was a coach worth keeping, maybe football, so – he was he. I, I wouldn't have played if if uh, if he he wasn't in the the backer. He didn't join the, the outside backers. But um, <clears throat> anyway, so going through this like long story just to get to the point of uh, um, when did I start or didn't I get official start? Um, and so it was one of those is one of those situations to where you know we were gonna go play Notre Dame. We started the week off and uh, the film film was over and and. Grantham and, and Coach Jones like kind of pulled me aside. And, hey, you know, you better have a good week of practice, or, or you know, you might be able to start or something, something of that sort. I was like, oh, well, you know, I was in good headspace. Like, okay, well, we'll see. All right, cool. All right, Coach. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, so I was like, hey, oh, we'll hope see, you yeah. sleep good tonight. So yeah, I will. well, you know, again, I was just, I was just in a good space, right? So you know, and, and this awesome. point, you know, Clint, that that room was a lot of fun. Clint, Ram, and I, and then all the younger guys. And so I was just, you know, it was, it was good. But then um, right, <laughs> right before the game, um, we're, uh, I don't want to say, it might have been, I think it was before we left. It might have been at the hotel. But Coach Jones, like, pulled me aside and, uh, you know, okay, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be starting this week, you know. And, oh, okay, thank you. Know, you must have turned in a, uh, a linebacker test that was good. Oh yeah, the linebacker. I had the test before. <laughs> I forgot for the night, and you're like, "Hey, here's my my test." And he looks at us. Oh, Schaefer's ready. Schaefer, <laughs> hey, he tests well. So <laughs> I forgot about those tests before games. Who, who cares about the previous five days of preparedness? But now that it's on paper, oh, Schaefer, you got it, dude. I, I think you got to walk through that. Uh, what, what were these tests? Oh, well, you know the uh, so. You prepare all week. You go through the uh, through the schemes. You go through the if this formation comes out, what are you gonna do? So you're forward thinking, right? So you're yep. you're preparing yourself for the next day. You're preparing yourself for the week. You're preparing yourself for the month. You're preparing yourself for the whatever it is, right? That's right. Uh, and in this test scenario, um, it's the night before the game. You get a, a, a few pieces of paper to explain your thought process. And while you explain your thought process on what would you do in this scenario, you get a score before going into the game, right? So it's a, um, that's the test. Yeah. Now, I feel but, like the but it test... Was it was an actual paper test. Like yeah, it's coaching. a paper test, it's right? Paper so test. That, that that's that's where I'm going. Like, it, it, it's a fun paper test. Like, um, you know, one plus one equals two. Two plus three yes. equals, you know, six. Oh, no. Okay, five. Uh, but, like, the the motions of the week yeah. don't really add up to that paper test. No. Right? So, um. That's where I was going with that. And 
I just I just thought it was so funny the fact that we had to take a test before the game, like a physical paper test. Yeah. I, I don't actually think I've ever saw the results. I, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. think everyone saw like Well, that's probably because you had Coach Jones. Uh so Jones used to give us the feedback on the Oh really on the paper I, I think, test. Uh, like I think Grantham would grade them and every once in a while like if something got messed up, you'd be like, Hey you gotta this is why'd you think this? And there you go. Like, so Grantham actually took care of that for you. I yeah. I now but understand. We never, so it wasn't. Uh, I just thought it was funny we had to take a test. But uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I test. I, I, I probably tested well. That's that's why I got to start. Anyways, <laughs> Coach Jones, <laughs> this guy. Oh man, it, it, fun experiences with the coaches. But uh, he uh, he's over there. He's like, getting real serious. And he kind of pulls me aside. Everybody's like, you know, you're gonna start. Oh, okay, cool. You know, and uh, he goes. You better not fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, and I remember just I remember just thinking like, well, what do I do with that? Like, <laughs> like just laughed, you know. You know what I would have done in that situation? I would have said, that? "Okay, coach," and then I would have waited for the next possible opportunity to stick it like right to the man there. I just better not fuck this up. When, when someone <laughs> talks to me like that, like I remember that, right? So like as you did, you remember that too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just unfortunate that, that you had a coach like that, right? So Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a, you know, let's see here. You know, you always think about that. And I think Rand put it well, like Coach Jones didn't trust me. And then, you know, if we're being fair, like, you know, we, we kind of had – we had trust issues together. Uh, That's the worst problem in any leadership position ever. Is like it, it, trust has to come first, right? Yeah, you know. I, I mean, think that's that's the foundationary. Like, if there's no trust, things are gonna crumble real fast. It's it's tough to build off of no trust. That's for sure. True. Yeah. Um, here's here's to be fair though, in talking through it. You have to take your own like personal responsibility, right? And and so that was tough for me to like figure out, right? And like this a simple idea of like, yeah, you know, I can get a three point stance and come off the ball all right. Um, something I, I'm pretty decent at. Like, and my task of just was like markedly bad. For a uh, long you, time. you were better than me on pass coverage, out. so don't think it was that bad. So yeah, I mean, the point the point is just to say that. You know, even I think, you know, we can talk through this. And I think a portion of what you're doing is great is, you know, why did why did some of these things happen? And like, why is it important to talk about? Why is it fun to talk about? And, um, you know, there's two sides. One is, you know, obviously the relationships between the actual players was the more important part of this whole thing. The coaches help facilitate, though. You can't you can't get away from that. Uh, Um. You know, so I, you know that that's a huge portion of it as well. But on the other side of it, um, yeah, I mean, just the resiliency that you needed to do to play this, to do this, right? And we were, you know, for the amount of wins that we had, we were very successful. And so it's like it's easy to kind of like pick on coaches and all. But hey, at the end of the day, we won, right? And, and, and so things work well. So True. things are done correctly. But there is way you can nitpick and you can get into this, but you know, if we're, you know, that's, you know, Coach Jones and I, you know, great guy, great person, but you know, we, we definitely challenge, we were challenged to find trust with each other. 
It was a little odd though because. Do you think you found? Did you find? Did you find that trust? Yeah, and so that's kind of one of the the tricky things was uh, played well during that Notre Dame game. Um, and so then, uh, and so then I was the guy. And, and so, whereas you, it was a little different for you, right? Like you kind of messed up, you got, you know, swapped out and in, like in the middle of games. Um, you know, he was a guy that was, you know, very, very loyal to like the person who, who did the right things and, and got it together and produced. Um, I give him a lot of credit in that way. If you produced, you, you, you got to, he played, you know, he wanted to play the best player. There wasn't any animosity or anything. He's just like, if you mess something up, you know, he didn't trust you. And I, I've messed, some, I messed some things up early. And so, you know, that's that's where we were at. Um, and so, but yeah, just to answer your question directly, yes, because you know I played well at that Notre Dame game, and that allowed you know it's like okay, this guy's got it, and you know we were able to move forward, um, and I got to play a lot more. Um, but yeah, it started. <laughs> that was the start to it. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> nice all right so that's the uh annapolis craig schaefer story i got a, uh, i got one more thing to throw into the uh do it. The, the the football story did you how much special teams did you play our sophomore year mm, i can't remember so uh so freshman year it was really big um let's see what was freshman freshman year for me you know is you 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 know, you try, I was trying to play middle linebacker. Um, <laughs> uh, I went to, uh, we went to the scout team and on the scout team, I actually played outside backer. And later on, there was like, I don't know, a couple weeks in the season. Uh, Paul Johnson, like walked by my locker. I was like sleeping. He like woke me up. He's like, Hey, Craig, I think you'd be better at outside linebacker. You want to play outside linebacker? I was like, yeah, I'll play outside linebacker. That's, that's how I made that shift. And so then going in, in it's pretty traditional, right? You're playing freshman year. You know, scout team tries trying to, to make, you know, trying to travel, right? Um, yep. And so then sophomore year, you you really make your mark in terms of, like, the classic Navy football, or at least in our time, the classic Navy football story was get on special teams, right? Make yep. a name on special teams, sure. and that'll help you get into, um, you know, that'll help you play. And so, um, you know, at special team, I, I had the time of my life, our, our sophomore year, you know, we really challenged – having a really young defense. Um, so the offense really, you know, really held us over there, but we had a really good special teams and it was a lot of fun. And yeah. do you remember, do you remember why, or do you remember like the session before the game, what they did? I don't. You got to, oh, I gotta, it's, it's so me. funny because so Munkins, right. You know, Munkins up there, he's doing great up the, up their army, but um, they had a trophy and the trophy was a slap stock kids, like play toy. It was like a, play toy and they would play the biggest hits of the previous game and everyone would vote who had the biggest hit yep okay i remember now. and so they would make i, I would they would make absolute headhunters like you talked about me being yeah high. getting knocked out I knocking wanted, people out yeah i wanted that stupid trophy man you got to and sign you got it, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just incredible Another just in that kind of vein, I was I was thinking through. And I thought I, I have to talk about that because I thought it was just so fascinating as to how they made us into these kind of players, animals. I had a uh, I had a game that sophomore year, uh, Northern Illinois. It probably one of the biggest hits I've ever delivered in my life. You know, I was like, it, so cold. 
it, it came in the idea of I was actually out of my lane. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if I don't make this play, like, I'm going to be in a bad, like, it's going to go bad, right? And so, anyways, kind of came out of the blind side and really hit this kid really hard. So, and we were talking about players that have a hit stick. I hit this guy with everything I possibly had. And, like, everyone was, oh, you know, it's like a thing. Uh, Kevin Campbell, that same, or that same time on kickoff return, absolutely leveled someone, just punched them. And I remember them watching the film back, and you had to vote on it. And uh, with the biggest hit I ever had, Kevin Campbell still got, like, he, almost he covered you. votes. I was like, damn, man. That's how, that's how hard of a hitter that guy was. Nice. But, that, uh, that, that's fun how uh, competition works, right? Like, that's even right. today yeah, and a, with the current job, like, you got to create a an environment of uh, or a culture of – competition yeah it's comp it's competition it's and uh it, right. it was fun it's fun too right yep. that fun portion of it i think is a big deal and and you know as much as we got you know you, you'll hear crazy stories about coaches and, and all that stuff um that stuff is fun uh, we had a good time it was, it was can't can't underplay how much fun that, that was playing and doing all that stuff for sure well um so Let's talk about uh, Craig after graduation. What'd you do? Just some subs. Get some uh, summary. Yeah. Hold on. Lost you. I got your audio here. All right. Lost you for a second, but uh, we're back. So, um, <laughs> tell us about your post. Navy football, you get into the fleet. What are you doing there? Submarines? Yeah, yeah. How'd that go? How to get the submarines from flying? Um, let's see here. Two things. One was um, the pilot commitment. I think at the time it was like six years. And then um, took, after you get your wings, I think it took two years to get your wings, so eight years total. And at the time I was like, oh, my gosh. Like that's that's a really long time before I can like choose what I want to do. Yeah. Um. And then uh, the other thing was, um, man, if you put submarines in your top three, and you had some reasonable grades, at, you're gonna uh, get it. Still, you're gonna get submarines. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I mean that's my story. I, I can kind of fight the like, oh, sub drafts, all that kind of stuff. But um, I think at the end of the day, it was probably it was you know probably the right place for me. It was, it was good, good, good. Glad I did it. I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore. But, um, yeah, I went down to uh, a, a good part of my, my military story is that I had um, I have a Navy football player with me kind of the entire time, someone who played. And so um, I went down to Charleston, South Carolina with uh, Ram and Kevin, who also were on submarines. And so <clears throat> we went to school down, you know, learned how to operate reactors down there with those guys. And then um, – Went to my ship, the USS Henry M. Jackson. It's a ballistic missile submarine out of um, Bangor, Washington. Nishak was out there at Bremerton on a, an aircraft carrier. It's a, it's it's not like a big area, and so to have Nishak out there, it was it was a really big deal. And and you know when you're on submarines, it's just a tough life. Um, Why? I, I'll give you like the bad joke, like. Um, you know, the, the conservation of energy, um, you know, energy can't be created nor destroyed. Um, okay. Either, either way, we had the, the law of mass happiness, right? 
so happiness can't be created or destroyed. So when the hatch closed, like you can only steal happiness from others. You couldn't like create happiness. Um, and it was, it was, uh, I mean, here's the thing about submarines, at least the ballistic missile submarine, um, people care a lot about the reactor. So you gotta learn how to operate a reactor. People care a lot about that. Sure. People care a lot about the, uh, the missiles on board. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you got, you got to take care of that. And then people care a lot about that $2 billion submarine. Sure. So because everything is at the highest level of care, like any kind of error, any kind of mistake was, you, you, there's two sides at one. You had to be like, you, you were taught like a lot of integrity, making sure you're doing the right thing. All that, sure. Know, raise your hand when you did something wrong, that kind of thing. It's classic Naval Academy, but like on steroids there. But... The second part to it, though, is like you had to be perfect, right? And, and if you weren't perfect, you you got, you got hit pretty bad. So I mean, it's so just, uh, maybe football kind of prepared you for that. Then it was it was really good preparation for sure. Um, you know, I, I I don't know how to do this. Or I don't know how we could ever get to this point. But one of the things I'd wish I could have done a little bit more at the Naval Academy, or the Naval Academy could have done is I don't know if the preparation for the fleet is is strong enough right like and i know you can go out in these yps or whatever do sailing and i know we do our, our our cruises and stuff and i don't have a good solution for this but um i didn't i was i mean that was very very tough life and, and that wasn't mimicked or, or naval camp was tough but it wasn't tough in that way right it doesn't you know 48 you know having to do Having to be on watch, you know, every six hours with 18 hours, you know, we had 18 hour days when I first got there. You had to be on watch six hours and, you know, 12 hours off, six hours, you know, get all your balls. It's it's a small ship and it has to be manned all the time, right? So that rotation is very tight. I'm guessing with a pretty small crew. Yeah. Uh, I'm speaking uh, based off of like my current operation. Like it's a pretty small operation, but it's right. Uh, got to be manned all the time. So, yeah, that's uh, the same kind. I mean, you you probably familiar, right? Twenty four hour, twenty four seven kind of operation. You're always on. It, it, it's a dangerous environment. You know, realistically underwater. I'm not getting shot at, but it's like, yeah. Hey, hey don't don't clo- don't touch that valve, please. Like, gonna, like true. Like, hey, hey like, don't, don't make any changes. Like, yeah, there's yeah, a standard yeah. here, dude. dude don't a touch hun- it. A hundred percent, right? Yeah. Um, and so I don't, I don't, I don't want to like overplay it like oh you know it's like, but i mean it was it, it was surprise it was very very challenging and I, I, you know you, you talked to a fast attack guy I, there's two crews on a ballistic missile submarine so okay. i did have some off time and that was that was very valuable but what would you do with your off, what would you do with your off time you mean like when i didn't own the boat yeah um so they always did like you had these like trainers and so you had to always like get up to speed on trainers and stuff. But uh, it was it was it was, that was actually a really good time for me too. Um, just some cool things uh, out there in Washington. I um, let's see here. I, I started like the frisbee league where we had a little frisbee ultimate frisbee thing as like a nice. team builder. So I did that. I uh, I climbed I climbed Mount Rainier. I had a buddy on on the nice. on the boat who was a big climber, so he dragged me up the hill there. Um, the so no, I mean. It, Washington's beautiful state. Things are good there. Um, and so having two crews is a big deal. Um, that was really helpful. Uh, on the other side, though, when you had the boat, I mean, 
that's the other thing about a ballistic missile submarine. There has to be a certain amount out at all times. And the boat we were on was old. It's the oldest ballistic missile submarine now because it converted the earlier ones. So it was going on 30 years old at the time. It's still out there. But things would break that weren't supposed to break. And as a submarine officer... I can understand there too. There you go, right? And as a submarine officer, you're in charge of fixing... It's not like a pilot, right? Where your planes broke. Like, hey, maintenance people, go fix it, right? It's like, as a a submarine officer, like... You gotta own it. Yeah, you're the one fixing it. Yeah, exactly, right? You're physically writing the tag outs, making sure that the right pipes are happening because, you know, you own the boat, you're you're there. There's there's no, like, hey, maintenance crew, flock to my need. No, like, this is... I got to understand this. I got to problem solve it. A hundred percent. We had, you know, and we had a lot of contractors that were there that helped us out and everything, but you, you, but you had to learn it from them. Well, so on the other side, like if something got, if something broke, something got messed up, like it was your fault. Right. And there's an extreme amount of accountability. True. So, uh, which is great. You know, and I think to your point, you know, just the, the resiliency, uh, this kind of strain of, of, of football or Navy football and doing that, absolutely. The leadership, you know, it prepared me for that kind of experience, yeah. but it was it was tough. I mean, that, that that's a, the, for the people that do it, I, I tell people all the time, for those that can keep doing it, it's awesome. But when I was done, when I was done with that, um, I was fortunate to be able to go to uh, University of Florida at the ROTC there. And I remember on the way back, I drove down south across the Pacific Coast Highway. Go if anyone's not done that, go do that. It's the coolest trip in the world. Stopped at Ventura to go see see Matt Matt Nishak when he was there. Um, that was cool. But anyways, it came across the country, um, and I remember my wife and I. You know, we were ta- you know talk about life and all this kind of stuff. She's like, okay, yeah. You know, when you go back for your department head tour, and I was like, I'm I'm, I'm not going back to the Marine, <laughs> and. Uh, She's like, no, 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 you know, benefits and all, and all the above, right? And I was like, I, I'm not doing it, right? And it was like, it was like a pretty like, you know, she grew up in a military family. I grew up in a military family. The blanket of, of being in the military uh, was very comfortable. And, and after that experience, I was like, that's, that's not something I'm going to do again. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, it's definitely a, a, you know, the idea of getting out, especially after doing that was like, and yeah, it, it, I wasn't going to go do that again. Um, I'm glad I did. Again, I, I'm glad I did it. And I appreciate all the people that keep doing it. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, we, we talk about the silent service. Yeah. And I always joke like, guys, you all got to be louder, man. Because people got to know what, what, yeah. what goes on down there. Speaking um, of, like, so when you were on the sub and y'all had y'all's, uh, you know, you went out, you came back in, whatever. How did you find some vitamin D? How did I find vitamin D? Yeah, like sunlight. Oh, dancing with the one-eyed lady looking out the periscope? Yeah. Did you you Uh, actually, like, jump outside the ship and, like, jump off, do some swimming stuff? Like, No, you you don't. So, like, uh, ballistic missile submarine, you're going out. They they try to get those things out as much as they can. So you're going out for about, like, three months or so is generally about a little less than three months. What what, What kind of missions are you working on? Like, China stuff or what do you? No, so Blissly Bliss, obviously uh, may or may not have nuclear weapons, right? Anyways, you, you go, your, yeah, your job you, is... you may or may not. Uh, you're, like, yeah. you actually have them all the time, right? Or no comment. That's, yeah, that's the official statement. You may or may not. You know. Got it. Um, 
But you know, your, your job is to go get lost, right? Nice. Uh, I'll give Sounds a, I'll give a, I'll give a summary shout out, or at least one of the cool things until you got it. I got into the grind. Um, in uh, I, my submarine was out when I got to to Washington, and so I had to uh, go to the. There's a little port called Port Angeles, and they used to. Um, they have these ships that traditionally used to work on oil rigs, so they have they're really good at like keeping station. They could like stay nice. at one spot at all yeah. times, and so they'd have these ships, and you'd get on them, and then it's, instead of the submarine calling all the way back in the Strait of Juan de Fuca, that big strip right next above Washington. Instead of coming in all the way, they would go out and meet it. And so that way, you know, operational security and make it safer, but also so you don't have to travel all the way in. You go out and meet the boat. And so I remember being there and the boat's about to do its surfacing. And um, and I never, at this point, I'd never seen a submarine, like, actually operate. I'd never been on a submarine, uh, like a real operating submarine before. And so then uh, this thing surfaced and you, you, it it's like, how do I say this? A Navy submarine, a ballistic missile submarine, servicing, it's all black. And it goes from nothing to, like, there. And you see it, and you're like, ooh, that is scary, right? Because, <laughs> like, yes. like, that thing, that thing could, yeah, that <laughs> thing, you know, potentially could do bad things to the world, right? You know, you got your, you got your, you got your, you got your finger on the red button kind of thing. And it's just, like, it just appears out of nowhere. You're like, oh, that's, like, that's. That's that's real. really impressive. Like there's snow, there's like snow on the mountains, and then I got on board, and they're like, ah, "Go get, go get qualified, you know, get out of here." <laughs> and, you know, come here, boot. Kind of started, but yeah. no, I remember that one. I remember that one pretty vividly, and just thinking like, "Wow, like that's these are the big boys." Cool. Yeah, this is this is real, right? Yeah, this is real. Uh, we're you know, this is when things you know, this is when we start getting after it, and 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 I'll also say this as much as I like was challenged and that was a tough experience it, it it fills you with a lot of pride too right doing you know being very operational like doing something um uh, people, people probably the joke purpose. deterrence isn't yeah. yeah people probably joke like deterrence isn't like you know I, I poked a lot of holes in the ocean um but no like uh, deterrence defense uh setting up a defense that's like actually um working Yes, yeah, yeah, it's very important. Yeah, there's something to be said about not having world wars and, and how nuclear weapons help uh, help the deterrence helps prevent that. So, yeah, no, it was cool. I'm glad it's I got crazy. to do that. But yeah, anyways, it's kind of finishing the story. Um, glad I did, glad I'm not doing it anymore. Made my way across. Basically, talked to Matt. I was like, baby, like this ain't gonna happen. Um, and so, and that, and that takes you to where you're at today. What are you doing now? Yeah, well, so the transition kind of comes at, so I went to the University of Florida. Um, Kevin Edwards was getting his, his uh, law degree there at the same time, so that was kind of cool. I got to yeah. hang out with Kevin while I was there. He so has was, uh, he has uh, billboards with his uh, face on it now. I know, right? Uh, cri or criminal law or, you know, like, you got hurt by somebody law. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I saw the beginnings of that. I was a part of that. It was cool. Nice. It was cool to see him get there. No doubt. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, what was I doing there? I got my, um, I was able to, I teach, I taught two courses, naval engineering, the naval weapons course. Remember the naval weapons course at the academy? Nope. Uh, it was, I was terrible at the academy, but uh, I had to teach it when I got there. <laughs> and then, nice. uh, and then, uh, and then I got my MBA at the same time. So, I mean, it was, 
Awesome. Yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't have asked for a better situation. What'd you get it um, in? Say again? Masters. You got it in what? Uh, my MBA, Masters of Business Administration. Business. Got it. And then, uh, and I was the freshman advisor. I was at, at the University of Florida. Nice. Every other week, every other week, there was a kid getting uh, getting in trouble for for boozing, <laughs> drinking so, cups of uh, cups of alcohol. Gotcha. So you were able to mentor that person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there's a good. It was different than the academy. Um, in, there's a bit of that kind of mentoring and portion of it, but um, it's uh, I don't know. It's, it was a, it's definitely a RTCs and you know that's a whole other subject, but it's just a different environment. You, you're bogged down with just a lot of jobs. There's there's only in my case there's four JOs, junior officers, and obviously Captain XO, some support staff. So all those like extraneous whatever sapper job, you know, sexual prevention jobs, training jobs. Oh gosh, don't stuff. even talk about that. Just that well, it's not me, so much. Uh, it's not makes so, me so sad much, just talking about it. So, little little flashback. Yeah. It's not so much that, but you're just loaded with all those jobs. That's what I'm talking still... about. It's like, let's talk about something that's important. Let's do things that <laughs> yeah. are important. Like, let's trim down some of this administrative. Let's trim down some of this. I I, I experienced that waste firsthand. Of time. Yeah. Well, so I experienced that firsthand at an ROTC because, especially at these small commands, you you still have to do all that stuff. There's not not like a, a specific training officer, right? Yeah, so like, you're bogged yeah. down. Like, yeah. So you, had, like, you, know, so you can't really jobs. impact people as, as well as you should be able to. Right. So that's kind of my end point was you kind of did all these things. And then unfortunately, you know, and if I'm being really transparent, I, I, I was getting out, right? Like I, I gotta, I gotta find myself a job. I gotta make sure that I, I want to go somewhere where I can make an impact. Versus, right. Well, I, you know, I got to go provide my family. So I did enjoy working with these freshmen. It was fun to kind of see some of their progression. I was actually able to, I think two of the cats, you know, I was able to get them into the Naval Academy. I thought that was fascinating too, right? Like they're going to University awesome. of Florida, which is an elite, you know, you might not know, but it's like a really elite school, really tough to get into. Some of these cats would come in and they'd have calculus two done, right? And, you know, their SAT scores are way better than mine. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, they wanted to go to the Naval Academy. I was like, wow, man, that's you know, just, just interesting to, to see that dynamic. But, yeah, to your point, like, challenging environment, couldn't really do anything really well. And so whenever someone, someone does that ROTC, Naval Academy, or Academy difference, I'm always like, oh, you got to take a little with a little grain of salt. Like, it's not, it's not one for one. Like, it's, it's, it's just tough to create that same experience there, mostly due to scale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, yeah, it's finished kind of the, the saga of a life story. Got got out, um, you know, currently working for T-Mobile, run the, I, I, it was in a development program that moved me around a good bit. So I told my wife like, hey, I know we moved around a lot in the military, but I found a job outside the military where we're going to move more. Awesome. <laughs> she, was super, she was super excited <laughs> for that. Uh, hey, I, I'm, on, I'm on the uh, Apple plan, uh, AT&T. Can you give me a good deal with T-Mobile? Uh, we'll talk. Give me a call. Give me a call afterwards. Okay, I'll help you out. Um, yeah, so I uh, a part of my a part of my job now. So, anyways, I work for the the network team, um, and uh, you know we we work on uh, the central region, which in, includes uh, Kentucky. So, when you when you we'll say talk. you work on the central region, like you work on like 
broadening the service area? Like, what do you do specifically? Is yeah, this, so... Yeah. Yeah, so the um, Director of Business Development is, is my title, but uh, more specifically, exactly what you're describing. So um, where do we expand the network and why, you know, if we want to open new distribution, where do we do it? Why? What does the network strength need to be to make that happen? How do we... Um, how do we work with like, you know, especially when you're in these big companies, there's a lot of stakeholders all over, right? Yeah, I um, totally so understand like, that. Yeah, and, and at the end, of the, you know, T-Mobile's product's very simple, right? It's just the network. Um, and so, you know, while the phone is what everyone experiences, you know, the network is 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 really what you're using. Sure. And so, because um, yeah, I've got so anyways, uh, I've got plenty of like. So for some of my employees, we struggle with uh, AT&T service in like a metro area, right? Um, yeah. So like, how does T-Mobile approach that type of situation? Like with the big guys, AT&T, um, you know, Verizon, when it comes to T-Mobile, what are your target things? Yeah, the... Um... You said like the big guys, right? And you announced like uh, AT and T and Verizon. This is kind of cool because it kind of relates to this, the Navy football story, like yeah. rough and tough. Like let's try to let's try to compete. Um, and part of the reason why I was attracted to the company, especially a couple of years ago. Um, but it, with that said, so we've we merged with Sprint a couple of years ago. Okay. And so we're doing a pretty big effort into converting their network into our network and putting it together and, and going through it. And so. Um, you know, I can go through like why and what and, you know, give the whole T-Mobile pitch. But the uh, the end of the day, it's just become like a really cool story, right? To whereas at one point, you know, mm -hmm. it was AT&T and Verizon, these behemoths and Verizon's out there telling everyone that, you know, spending billions of dollars telling everyone like they have the best network, this is where it's at. Um, and um, more recently, you know, we've kind of turned the cards and, and now we're kind of in the driver's seat, kind of pushing, pushing the envelope. Nice. And so in terms of overall, like market cap, like the overall value of the business, um, I don't know, we're bigger than right now. We're bigger than AT&T in terms of overall customer base. And then, uh, in terms of overall market caps of value, uh, we were the number one carrier in, uh, in the United States, um, beating Verizon here very recently. Cool. Um, well, so it's like, like you're, you're doing good things. Yeah. Well, the, the, the story is, is, you know, and I don't say it to be like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, obviously I, I, I'll appreciate my company. I think it's worth, worth going through it. It's just kind of cool to like, at least in my little experience, like seeing like this company merge, seeing the strategy, seeing how these things work together and then, you know, playing a small part and trying to help with uh, some of that success, which um, I'm sure, you know, some of the guys have talked about it. Ram got into like a hey, small, big company, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, you know, not to say that there's not. Not any, not any challenge, but at the same time, you know, it's been a, it's been a good ride and, and T-Mobile is going in a cool direction. So, uh, not to pitch the service or the product, but just my experience is to say that yeah, it's been well, good. Well, your, your experience so far and how you describe it is actually very encouraging. So, um, hats off to you and, um, yeah, sounds like pretty fun. Um, Recent failure, recent struggle. What is Craig working on uh, today that 
that you're, you know, going through a growth story on. Yeah, there's always the tough ones. Like, oh, be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, how does it go? Um, you know, kind of in every facet, especially in my career up until now, um, it's always kind of like, what's the next bigger thing? Oh, that's, you tell me that's difficult. Oh yeah, I'll go do that. Right. Yep. And, uh, so there's kind of been like constant change for me for sure. every two to three years, you know, whether it's, you know, the military moving you in this job alone, right? Like I had to move a lot in, in the development program and then I've landed in this position and then I'm kind of in this weird spot. It's like, I, you know, two years into it, things, you know, it, it's, it's been, you know, as described, like it's been a cool experience. It's interesting, you know, challenges abroad, but still interesting, good experience. And, but in the back of my head and I caught myself doing this, you know, probably a year ago, this kind of thing I'm kind of struggling with is, uh, okay, what's, what's next? What do I got to do next? You know, what, what's going to be the next big thing? It's like, Hey, it's okay. And I, you know, got a nice neighborhood, got, got a good thing. And so how, how you can be satisfied with what you have, right. And, and, and really embrace it, settle down and, and kind of live in that environment. Kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. How do you, how do you pump the brakes? How do you, you know, and I, I think I heard every single one of the guys you talk to are always like, Hey, work-life balance and family. Yeah. And, and I'm right there with them, you know, trying to make sure that, you know, being the best dad and husband and all that kind of stuff. That's, 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 that's for sure. Um, and the big, big portion of that one is, you know, how, how to pump the brakes and all those other things to make, you know, to allow that to happen. And, and it's okay to be in a good spot and nothing's wrong just because you, you, you know, you're, you're staying in the same spot for, for a couple of years and, and allow that to happen and enjoy sure. it right? and, and, and appreciate that, that time. So <clears throat> I don't know if that necessarily falls into the to your question as to what you were looking for, but no, that's, that's that's something that I'm I'm definitely challenged with and, and trying to embrace. For sure, I wouldn't say that's uh, anything weird at all. I think that's uh, very common, actually. So, um, we haven't hit the price of admission. You ready to to go there? What does the price of admission mean to you? You mind if I, I spin it a little bit and uh, absolutely that that's the uh, the whole intent of this is it's your definition it's not mine so I, I, I you know a lot of guys have gone through it I think a lot of guys have really kind of hit it hit it on the nail it's like what it is and where it's at but uh, I think something that needs to be explored a little bit more is just like why the price of admission and talking about it, why why does it make sense to go run down the field and go get knocked out, right? And then want to go back in. Um, why does it make sense to just 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 fall in love with the thing and, and just do that exclusively and do anything you can to possibly try to be a part of it and touch it and be a, you know feel it, right? Um, and you, you've, you've heard all the stories, right? People playing through injuries, the, 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 you, you even sussed out some of the uh you know the mental stuff and the physical stuff and you know everyone experienced some sort of it in some different way right so i think that that everyone can label what the price of admission is 
but I, I, why? Why? Why even pay this price? It doesn't make any sense, right? You know, you gotta get surgeries afterwards. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta struggle with it. And um, I think there's like that that in the time, real time sense of it, and, and the the actual value of it was those wins, right? You know, we had empirically very successful seasons, right? Um, not you know, everyone's talked about playing Notre Dame, the big wins, Notre Dame, Army, Navy, you know commander in chief are very successful and i think that you know that was that was it at the time as to why or at least why we thought it was um but as i thought as i go through my life and live it and feel it and and become nostalgic thinking about it um one thing that navy football did and paying the price of admission did was it, it very clearly lays out what the roadmap to success is um and it, it, it does it in a way as to say, if you do these things, you have a good shot at being successful. And, and it's been, I, the trend will continue. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm sure we'll shout it out. But in the guys you've interviewed so far, and this is kind of got me into this, was to say, it's cool, right? Like, these individuals... You know, you can talk about the players that, you know, every once in a while. And I love that you're like highlight. It's like, yeah, maybe not the best grades, maybe not the best, you know, pure midshipman, right? Uh, you know, what a midshipman is, but just successful, right? And and there's yeah. nothing against, you know, I don't want to say anything against, you know, the midshipman uh, or, or, or that way of life, right? It's obviously yeah. that's proven to be successful as well. But, um, Technically, as the way some of the Naval Academy, some of the way you know we were treated with the Academy is like, oh, football player, you know, slacker, didn't, you know, doesn't doesn't take the military seriously, all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, some of those are like the most the best people in the military, yeah. and uh, I, I think that's just really cool to see that you can see that roadmap of success, right? So, um, so all the things that we we deal with in terms of both mentally, physically, just the challenge of it and having to overcome it just to get on the field and have this crazy experience just to touch it or be a part of it. Right. You don't even have to get on the field, right. Just be a part of it. Um, shows you what you need to do in terms of a roadmap to success, not only playing and winning games, but at the end of the day, you know, living life. And so you, you kind of see the proof in the pudding and some of the, where these people have been at. Um, it's cool. Cause when you're challenged or, or you know, something like this is innate in you, right. You, you know, this quiet, like you can see, kind of like the quiet quitting trend, or yeah, you know, it's yep. like a, it's more recent kind of thing people talking about, and uh, doing the bare minimum. Of, yeah, doing the bare minimum, and I kind of chuckled. It was like, man, that's not even like, that's I not even cool. within me. I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. Like, I physically I can't do that. And um, and that was a good Johnson. Uh, I remember Johnson really preached this. He, and again, nothing against the naval academy or machine, but. One of the things that he used to talk about that, that really resonated with me was he said, <clears throat> you know, one of the problems with the hall is that being mediocre was rewarded, right? Because if you were just middle of the pack, you know, got You didn't okay get any grade, special attention. You could go about your way. You go you about your way. Out, no one you bothered know. you. Yeah, you didn't get to do, have any, do any like special, yeah. no one picked on you as a freshman, any kind of thing of that sort. And, um, but, but he was like, yeah, when you're out here with me, when you're playing with me, like, that's unacceptable. Like, me, 
mediocre is unacceptable. Like you have to play more. Like if you want to even compete, and people have talked about this, right? You want to even try to go get on the field with like an Air Force or, or Army, uh, but even more like a, a, a uh, you know Ohio State. You want to even like sniff that air. Yeah. Like you better be perfect. Then you, you better, better be, be like Ricky Bobby and let's go for a run. <laughs> but you see where I'm going in like, yeah. um, I, I just thought that that was like the most beautiful thing that could ever be given to someone. And, um, and so, yeah, so, you know, and, and you know, it. you know what the right thing to do is, you know, what humility is, yeah. um, you know what it is to like lean into so other people. If you know um, it, what are you going to do? Right. Well, you kind of can stew on this one because um, the other side, the, 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 that's the upside, right? And that's really cool, this roadmap to success. And, and Navy football did that for me. Um, on the other side of it, though, because you know that, when you're not doing that or things aren't going well, I think it hurts a little bit more. True. And, and I don't know, I don't know how to put this in words or figure it out. Um but when again, when things aren't going well, it, it's like, gosh, like I know what success is. I know what should be happening right this now, isn't and, it. and I'm not doing it, and I'm yeah. not living up to the expectations that Bobby McLaren or or or, or Tony, right, or Ross Pospisil would want for Craig Schaefer, and and that hurts a little bit, right? Um, sure. It's it, it, but you know, just like anything, right? These failures are going to come in life, you know. You, you'll get fired from a job, you know, a relationship won't go well, you know, you have something. And, and so, you know, one of the things I've been stewing with is like, how to, how to, how do you balance those things? You know, how do you, you know, these highs of highs, but the lows get lower. Yeah. Um, Bouncing back. And I, I, I think it's a, um, I think it's something that we as a, an organization, like a Navy football organization, this team's price of admission um, deserves to be said and, and talked about a little bit more. Um, because it'd be inappropriate to like relate it to some of the challenges, you know, that we've seen with, with some of our peers, but it, it's, I, I think it's, it, there's some truth in it and, and I, I think it's worth exploring and, and, um, yeah. And so at the end of the day, uh, it lays out the roadmap for success. It helps you get there and we've seen the positive results from it. Um, but I also recognize that um, it's not—it's not all rainbows and butterflies, and I think that—that's—that's yeah. that, that's what I think needs to be laid out. It's kind of like how AT and T and Verizon is not all rainbows and butterflies, and uh, I think uh, T-Mobile might have a, a nice outlet for me right now. Based <laughs> off of that, so. I, I don't know if I need that. <laughs> so. Separate, uh, separate podcast on that, man. I'll, gotcha. I'll, I'll, I'll get you squared away, man. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I still think that, um, you know, I remember reaching out to you just saying like, I remember you originally doing this podcast and you know, I was saying like, dude, this is so cool. I'm happy for it. And you had mentioned, Hey, like, did you come on? I was like, Oh, I don't know if I have something to say. Man. No, absolutely, dude. You, but, uh, you've, you've had a lot of great things to say already. So cool, man. Uh, hopefully it adds some value. I mean, um, laid out a little bit of my track and then you know other big portions just so cool hearing all these guys talk and, and get through it and uh 
and uh, definitely appreciate you you doing this. Got a couple more things. Your family. Oh, Tell me more about your family. How's your wife doing? Yeah, my wife Madeline, um, rock star. I have uh, three kids. Three um, kids. Isla. Yep, three kids. I have uh, Isla, who's uh, six. Paul, who's four, affectionately goes by Paul Paul. And uh, nice. my and my little girl, uh, my little girl Lottie, who uh, just turned one. Nice. How are they doing? This is good, man. Like Madeline's, Madeline's an all-star mom. Um, I bet. Starting to get in. Yeah, starting to get into, uh, starting to get into all the sports and stuff. So just throwing them in, in all the sports, see which one sticks. Keeping you busy. Yeah, it does. It, <laughs> Last so. question. Uh, and this is a new one, by the way. You're my guinea pig. Um, what did you learn today? I ask that question in all my interviews, by the way. When I interview somebody. It, so, it's so good, tricky. man. <clears throat> I... Um... I was nervous to, to do this various different reasons, whatever it is, you know, messing up, however it is. Um, but uh, I think there's two sides of it. One, obviously, your, your soothing voice, right, helped calm me down and put it together. Well, that's reassuring. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, the other side, though, is um, it's cool, man. It, it's cool to be able to talk about these things out loud. Hopefully, it benefits someone else, but individually allowed yes. me to um individually allowed me to kind of it's not it's very therapeutic um good as as it's been like listening to other others right me being able to talk to you and tell the story and and hopefully others others find value in it my, my individual value that's nice i appreciate you helping me out Hopefully no you've it. you've helped me out on a few other you know a few occasions throughout the entire conversation i had a few key takeaways already so if it's just between me and you on this conversation, it's already been beneficial. So there you go, man. You Wishing go. Uh, value wish add. Best. I have to. Uh, I have to mention. There's two more things. Um, you had mentioned the the picture at the the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. You talked about the the four guys. I remember. Uh, I remember that happened. It's a really cool picture. I remember that picture. And uh, there's 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 some things for me that um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you can posted in your facebook or something i don't either I, I don't i don't follow it anymore but um <laughs> yeah it's not good for you things 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 telecom or my company has done i don't know if that one's that one's good but <clears throat> different story the uh i wanted to know you know there's a couple things one is uh i appreciate that you always kind of like yeah you know craig you just do a nod to me like, craig's missing you know that's cool um it means a lot just in that I wasn't in that picture, and it's like, oh man, I would have given anything to be in that picture with those guys, right? So that's that's one side of it, and the uh, the other side of it is, um, you know, I, I didn't earn it at the time, so I didn't deserve to be in that picture. It's kind of a weird way to say mm, it, but uh, not necessarily. There's a there there are other pictures, right? I I think the the thing with that picture was uh, somebody took it, somebody shared it. Uh, amongst the group and it was like that's the popular picture okay now is there another picture with with Craig in it 
Absolutely. You know, it's just that's the one that made the the highlight film, right? So yeah, that's no, I... that's the, and I'm on a bigger scale trying to share a story of. There are other pictures, right? Some make the headlines, um, some don't. But while you were a piece of that story, you're a piece of that picture, you weren't inside that picture. Um, unfortunately, sometimes that a different picture gets shared, right? No, I, Make I, sense? I yeah, no, I do. And I, I appreciate like the reality of it. And, you know, you acknowledge, hey, man, you know, it, you could have been, you know, there's others. Um, my sentiment just kind of comes in the back of acknowledging that uh, at the time I hadn't earned it. Right. Like that's why I wasn't on that picture. Like, I didn't, I didn't get it. And I wasn't there. Yet. And it does, you don't need earning. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be on the field or be in the picture. Right. Earning it means, you know, getting to a spot in your life where you're so your headspace is so good and you feel great to where when someone says something to you or a coach says something to you, that's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that you should say that you just say, you just let it run off your back and you're in a good space and you can get yourself on the field. And so more of like a um, symbolic uh, idea of like what I felt about it and, and my, my reflection of it now. And, and, and I, I, I'm very, I love that. And I appreciate you calling me out. That makes you feel really cool. Uh, and on the other side of it, and that that's kind of some of my reflection that I feel when I when I see that. Gotcha. No, makes sense. The uh, the other one I'll just gotta put it on the record here is just to say, Ram Ram uh, Ram set it up to where he was gonna do an interview here uh, on this thing, and I think you gotta do it sooner rather than later, man. I'll just put it out there. I think a lot of people want to hear you're already your story. Y'all are doing that right now, so we uh, that, that's <laughs> a check that, in man, the box, I wanna, man. I want to I want to right. hear what you think the price admission is. I want to hear about the Tony recruiting story and him at Liberty Hill tearing it up as a tight end. Um, yeah. Well, until that until that day happens, um, Craig, it was a good night tonight. I uh, appreciate your story. It was awesome. Um, we covered a lot of really good things to talk about, and uh, I. Uh, you know, from what you learned today, my last question, I think it was a really good response because that was a that was a pioneer question, and uh, uh, you answered it really well. So, all right, man. Um, hey, it was a pleasure, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Tony. Yeah, dude. Thanks for do thanks for doing this, man. Um, it, sure. It really, it's special. I uh, I'm enjoying it. So, uh, tell the family I said hello. We'll do, man. All right, dude. Take care. See ya. Bye.